across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Well, welcome to another week of uh, From the Terraces. We're, we're a little short-handed in the studio today, but we should uh, manage. We're also a little bit short-handed in Cambridge City News because, Robbie, come on, you've got to do better, mate. If you say you're going to be there, let's have you there, please. But lots of other things to talk about. United uh, dispatched uh, Tottenham in the No One Cares Trophy. Um, a great game, and we will be talking about it because uh, a lot of the youngsters got a game, and uh, Mark was uh, quite complimentary about them. We'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll try not to talk too much about yesterday's game, uh, five nil. And I think people uh, have lost them. They lost their mind a little bit. When all said and done, we played a better side. I know I shouldn't say that because it's not the done thing to do, but Peterborough were a better side than us. Yes, we did ourselves no favours, uh, but we were beaten by a better team. Uh, Histon had a very successful week beating Ely City in the uh, Cambridge Invitational Cup. They played March in the quarterfinals and then they dispatched uh, Rugby Borough um, at the weekend 6 0. And uh, Cambridge City having just lost... Oh, I had that up on the screen there a second ago. Having, lo- having beaten Shepshed Dynamo and lost to Sporting Calcer in the week, they also lost... I thought they won 4-0, but it uh, turns out someone had got the scores the wrong way around. They lost 4-0 to Bolmere St. Michael. Uh, we would have been talking to Robbie, um, but we didn't manage it. But uh, Salim does... He did chat to him early in the week, so we may be able to sc- salvage something out of that. And then importantly, it's uh, Women's FA Cup, United in action. Um, why is that? I don't, my microphone doesn't actually appear to be working at the moment, at least. Oh, it does. It's just the view meter isn't doing anything for me. Oh, well, never mind. I will just have to guess at what level people are hearing me at. Um, so, <laughs> apologies for that. Uh, yeah, big day for Cambridge United women as they face uh, Milton Keynes-Dons in the first round prop of the FA Cup. Six grand and next place in the second round up for grabs. Um I'm forlornly hoping that the updates will come through. They kicked off five minutes ago and it still says uh, kick off at one o'clock. So perhaps uh, the BBC and Sky will let me down in terms of what they show for that. Just shows how important they think women's football is. But there you go. We can't do a lot about that. We will try and keep you up to date with the score there. City not in action uh, for uh, another week. Um, so, uh, But we did talk to both managers about where they're at currently. Um, we'll start as we usually do with uh, Cambridge United. So it was... uh Two games this week. Um, the uh, Bristol Street Motors uh, Trophy game 
a kind of game that didn't mean anything. It didn't really matter what the result was going to be. It wasn't going to change anything. We weren't going to get through. But what it did do was it gave United a chance to uh, expose some of the younger players uh, to uh, first-team football and to get some of those who were injured or on their way back from injury or simply hadn't had much game time to uh, to get to a chance to play as well. And so that's what happened. Um, and it was actually... Uh, a, a really good win uh, in the end um, with goals coming from uh, lots of different people uh, so uh, you know it, it, from that perspective it worked it was a 4-1 uh, 4-1 win um, but as I say unfortunately meaningless in the overall uh, overall uh, kind of uh, theme of, of what was going on you, you were actually there at the game yeah yeah I was there at the game and was, was it a good game yeah it was actually um, it was um, I think definitely different to what Cambridge fans would have well regularly see on a Saturday we played more football um, in terms of it being more matched in possession and I thought a lot of people say yeah but we played their kids we were kind of kids ourselves so yeah. it was it, it was a really good matchup and to see uh, the boys move the ball the way they did against you know a good side of you yeah. know players that are very technical it was really good to see yeah and it's interesting because i've seen i've seen a lot of these games i actually wasn't there i, I decided to opt for ely city versus Histon as the better choice and and it was as well <laughs> uh, but more on that in a bit um I've seen a lot of the you know the big clubs under twenty one sides playing in this, and and quite often they fail to impress. Um, yeah, you're sure they come from a big club and they've got a lot of people to pick from, but you expect them to be, even if they're lacking experience at senior level. Um, you expect them to be technically very good because that's how they've got into the Spurs under-21 side. And of the teams we've played, it's, I think it's only really been... Uh, I think it was Southampton impressed me. Uh, mm. And the Spurs team, I think I've seen them twice already. This was the third time we played them. Uh, that I think every time I've seen them, they've actually impressed me as a, actually a good technical side, but also a, a side that belies their age and uh, and kind of understands to the way in which you play the game which you kind of you should expect from that level of uh, experience um but yeah for for one and as you said and and as mark said beforehand um plenty you know plenty of opportunity for people to show mark's bemoan the fact that some of the people he's given an opportunity to haven't quite stepped up their game recently so this was a this was an easy one this is what mark had to say about you know discussing what he was talking about with the players prior to the game i said to the boys before the game the competition's irrelevant really tonight don't don't really matter if we go and win the game four five nil we might be able to progress but that's probably not how we'll judge the success of the night it'll be whether they can deliver a performance that's better than the last one and try to put in a, a display that individually they play well in and they do their jobs well but collectively it looks like a, a team even though it sort of isn't because it's a makeshift group thrown together for a game with very little preparation but I thought they did that well so I was really pleased with the outcome tonight in terms of the result first but obviously just the performance levels I thought it was good but much better than the last time we played and yeah probably some of the boys needed that level of performance tonight and needed the minutes that they got as well so a good day for us. And as you said, so uh, lots of players given that chance uh, to make a difference. Kai Yearn uh, got to play and scored. Um, Lewis Simper got a goal. Jack Lancaster got a goal. Seiko Jana got a goal. So they were distributed around. Um, and 
I, I guess from that perspective, it, it achieved what it wanted to achieve. We knew it wouldn't get us anywhere unless there was a, a, a well, there was a real uh, strange result, um, or we could hammer Spurs by even more goals. Um, but that wasn't to be. And, and we go out, we do pick up the prize money. I think it's either six or eight thousand uh, pounds for for an evening's work, which is not bad. Um, so, I mean, did did the youngsters impress you in the game? Yeah, I think um, definitely. Um, it was really good to see. I think it's good to see their progression over the course of that competition because there have been games where the team performance hasn't been at a standard of where it needed to be and Mark's alluded to that in his um, post-match interviews. But I think the, the performance on Tuesday night was really convincing. I was happy to see um, Mamadou Job get a really good run out and a really good performance as well, which is good for him. You know, because it's not easy in his position as a centre back, being a young player. How many young centre backs do you see come through? So, um, from that perspective, the likes of himself um, and others, it was really good to see them get a run out and a good good performance. So let's just talk. Let's just talk. We got uh, the post match from it. This was what Mark had to say uh, about uh, Kayern. Yeah, good goal. Yeah, he had a, he had a good game. It's been um, tough for him this year because he hasn't played so much football and. Um, went on loan and didn't really go so well for him so he just needs a bit of rhythm but for someone and one of a few actually that haven't played so much but but found a good level in the game so yeah I thought it was um, I thought he was good and obviously scored the goal which was important put us ahead and we scored some good goals in the second half as well I think if we'd have been a bit more clinical a bit more quality in our attacking play we could have extended the lead on a few occasions so um, yeah not perfect but a good night nonetheless. Uh, and I think Kai Yearn's one of one of many who uh, will count themselves uh, a little bit of a little bit unlucky not to have got some more game time. Um, he, he's been out on loan, and that loan doesn't really seem to have worked that well for him. Um, but it's part of the development. Uh, I, I just have to ask you this. I mean, obviously you're injured. Uh, do you look at do you look at that, and is is that is that one of the things that really hits home to you? You know, you're missing out on these games because you're injured, and and does it, does that make the whole process worse or not? Um, I think there's a, you can look at it in two ways, really. Of course, any player that's away from the team wants to play. Um, but at the same time, I think, most importantly, it's motivation to come back. You see that the opportunities are there and you want to work hard to come back and impact the team and help them in whatever way you can. So it's hard to watch, but it's um, far in the belly. <laughs> So sorry, sorry. I'm going to go completely off topic now because I've just I've just thought of something that. that, that so you, we've seen some of these documentaries. There was the one about the uh, the boys in London uh, who were uh, trying to get into uh, football, um, uh, and you watch you watch the parents who. And I get it. Your son, your daughter, is the best footballer in the world when you when you're watching them and everything else like that. But you see some of them, and there's one guy dragged his son off to I think it was Portugal or somewhere. He ended up playing in some some team in Portugal, and he's coming back and he's saying, "Yeah, you know, the people will notice him and he'll come back and make a big impression." And I'm not I'm not sure. I didn't that the series unfortunately finished at that point, so we didn't see whatever happened to him. First of all, I mean. It, it, do you see that? And I'm not. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to embarrass you by asking how your parents do with it. But do you see that a lot, where people have this unrealistic expectation when they get picked up by a club that that means they are going to make it? Oh, I think. Well, question. <laughs> um, in terms of yeah, being picked up by a club, um, I think unrealistic perhaps isn't the right word, but. 
I think what's important to remember is just football in general is subjective. Yeah. You know, you look at some players that play at the top level and you think, my gosh, how are you doing that? <laughs> and then you look at some players that, you know, play lower down and you think, my gosh, how have you not got up there? So, yeah, it's really about timing. And um, obviously there are some unrealistic aspects of like, you know, maybe wanting your son to make a debut at 12 years old or yeah. because he was good at... England place yeah, at 16. Exactly. <laughs> because he could kick a ball at two years old, that means that he should be, you know... Um, and I think one thing they need to be cautious about is putting that pressure on the kids um, because, yeah. you know, obviously there's a lot of financial reward there yet to be seen, but <laughs> a lot of financial reward, you know, higher up... Um, so yeah that pressure can be a burden to to the kids and those people that just want to enjoy their football at a young age yeah and it's funny i, I was uh, i was secretary at longstanton uh, football club for some years when my son was actually playing there and uh, good as good as i thought my son was i was realistic about it. he was ne- he was never going to get picked up by uh, one of the big clubs there but uh, he enjoyed his football and that was the most important thing but you do see i mean i, I refereed games as well and mm. uh I, the way I used to referee, I'm not I'm not a great referee, I'll admit that, but I used to try and let it play on as much as possible, let it flow, because stopping it on the technicality is kind of a bit pointless. They they, they want to go and kick a football around you. They're not there to to, to have, a, you know, a, a Premier League referee stop them every time anything happens. It's not that I am a Premier League referee, <laughs> but the really weird thing about it is the kids generally accept it. It's the parents on the touchline who are absolutely awful about yeah. decisions that are made. And you do think, you know, ultimately, you know, is your child enjoying this? Are they? You, yeah. you drag them down every week because you think they're the next Messi or whatever, and they're clearly not. They're clearly out of their depth, even in football at this level. Mm. Um, and they might develop into something, but they're not going to stick around that long if you keep moaning about it. I've heard, you know, parents who yeah. just shout the most appalling things to their kids from the touchline. Slide. I think it's sometimes as well just uh, uh, filling a void because sometimes you find that there's a lot of uh, parents that <laughs> pursue it. <laughs> I was no good, so yeah, you're going to you be. You must be good. <laughs> so I'm going to put everything into making sure that you make it because I didn't. Um, so yeah, but I think just football in general, like you know, you shouting appalling things at an under nines, under tens game. Why would you shout appalling things at, at to grown men on a Saturday? It's, I don't think it's any different. But I get. So, so, so I, I am actually. I mean, I mean, I'm in good agreement with you because I think you know it doesn't achieve anything hurling yeah. abuse at people. However, I guess at least at, at a certain level, you're mm. a salaried member of a team, yeah, and course. if you're not performing, then people they're paying to sit, they're to paying to put that. you on yeah. the pitch, so they kind of get a bit more leeway on it. But no, I mean, it doesn't. If if someone's making, if someone's having a bad game, slagging them off for it to their faces as they're playing that game, isn't it? It's not like they're going to go, oh great, I'll try harder now. Yeah. It's you just, said, it doesn't work. It, um, what was it? I think yesterday on social media with Kieran Trippier, with uh, at Bournemouth. Obviously, they lost two 0 to Bournemouth Newcastle, and one of the fans has given him grief the whole game, and he's gone up to him at the end and said, "How many injuries have we got? You know, and what's the team situation at yeah. the moment?" And they've got to understand that it's not every single game that they can perform at a level that maybe the fans want to see and obviously achieve unrealistic targets but yeah. fans need to be understanding but yeah in the case of a of an eight-year-old playing you know locally yeah. that, <laughs> it's just a bit wild for and, that to happen and, and, and the worst the worst one of all and, and, and it's causing a genuine problem now because there's such a shortage of referees down at that level yeah. is I've seen uh, there was uh, a woman uh, a, a, a woman a, a, a girl I think she was about 14 or 15 uh, refereeing a, an under nines game I think it was and she 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 
she would she refused to go on she was crying at one yeah. stage because par- and parents like that should have no part in football course, because yeah. i mean a it's disrespectful b it's it's abuse i mean mm. you, you know it's child abuse and it just stops people wanting to get involved in the mm. game i would doubt she would ever referee a game yeah. again having done having been through that yeah. so i had to do it as well when i was uh, 17 referee and i think it was an under nines game Cambridge against Wimbledon and there were two parents that were just giving me grief the whole game and I was just thinking you know this isn't like these are eight year olds I'm not going to stop it for every single foul and yeah, yeah. because te- technically, I think the referee can report them to the safeguarding officer that you're supposed to have on the touchline, and that yeah. person is supposed to then remove that person from. But of course, it never happens because yeah. the safeguarding officer doesn't doesn't want to get beaten up by some <laughs> irate dad who wants to shout at his own son or daughter. But sorry, a complete complete sidestep <laughs> from yesterday's game. Uh, sorry, from Tuesday's game. Um, Carry on talking about uh, the youngsters. This is what uh, uh, Mark had to say, summing up uh, a number of the people that played and uh, and what the plans were for them and how close they are to potential first team action. Yeah, Glenn's done. Glenn's doing well, and what we hope is with Glenn, Kai, Mamadou, um, we hope that we can now get them boys out on loan and, and get them some really good experience over the next couple of months before January. Um, our games in the first team really thin out now after Saturday, and we go two weeks without a game, and then it's pretty much a game a week. Maybe an FA Cup replay in there. Obviously, Christmas is a little bit busier. We play Lincoln at home on a Tuesday, but we haven't got a huge amount of games between now and January, so it, it's um, keeping everyone in-house until we get through this spell. That was game nine tonight of basically a month. Saturday is game 10 in 35 days. So number one, we couldn't play everyone else tonight. And number two, we've needed to keep everybody for who knows what this month's going to bring physically. So we needed to have everybody in-house for that. But now that we get through this period, hopefully those boys can go out on loan. They're nudging towards being closer to the team, particularly Glenn. I think he's playing really well in the moments that he's had. But he needs a run of games somewhere and play 90 minutes and bits and pieces. And I think we've got some good options hopefully come up in the National League for him. He's a very talented player. And one we like, same with Kai. Hopefully we can get a loan for him. Mamadou could be anything. Physically, he's a dream, really. So we, we hope we can get him some exposure to, to some games as well. And then we just see um, where we are in January with those boys. But they need that little bit of experience now before they can regularly contribute, I think, in the first team with where the other boys are at. And we've seen this in the past, and I'll come back to Liam Bennett later on, but I won't involve you in that discussion. But we often look at players and it's happened to a number of them over recent years where you know we see them playing in the Arsenal game uh, the Emirates and uh, and we want them to Glenn McConnell because you know we, we want him in the first team playing you know exactly every every game because he played so well in that we saw Liam Bennett and uh, it's been shouting and Kai Yearns being called out as well and all of these players, the spectators and fans alike, miss the point that there's a huge difference between uh, the kind of football that they're playing there and the kind of first-team football they're going to get in terms of physicality, in terms of the pace of the game and a whole load of other things. We have to let young players develop at a speed that makes sense for their career, yeah? Yeah, definitely. And what um, Bonds wants is different to what the under-18 manager wants. So like going back to the Tuesday game, um, like I said earlier you, a lot of fans would have been surprised to see the manner in which the boys played if you think about the lineup with the likes of Simps uh, Kai, Glenn uh, Mams all of these boys that have been in the academy 
that there's philosophies in there to be a possession possession dominating team. So that's why playing against uh, a Spurs team for us who also like to dominate the ball wasn't a problem. But when you go into uh, a league game and you're playing the likes of Portsmouth who are going to dominate the ball and you're not going to have the ball and it's more out of possession stuff and you know things go long and you might have more touch with your head than your feet. Um, those are the moments where that's more realistic in, in this league and that's what they need to then prepare for. So the exposure via loan system and that development is really crucial because you're not going to have the luxury of necessarily playing against... Um, you're playing in games where the ball's on the floor all the time and it's all pretty possession football. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the good thing was we had uh, a number of uh, a number of the uh, real youngsters came on uh, towards the end. This is what Mark had to say about those uh, debuts. Yeah, really good. Like, good debut for him. I mean, he was with us the first couple of weeks of pre-season and then since then he hasn't hardly been with us at all. Uh, didn't train with us yesterday. The boys were at college and Zeno was due to play and failed a t- fitness test this morning. He had a tight calf from Saturday. So we only found out this morning that he'd start. He don't really play right back. He can, but he's a midfield player, really, when he plays in the youth team. So he's done great. Done great. Really tough tough for him physically to go and play in that level, having been really 18s football for a while now. So, yeah, really pleased with him and a, and a proud night for him because it's his, his debut and then same with Ronan and Amaru who both got on the pitch really good for them boys as well to have a little taste of it and it caps off a nice evening for us I really should have said that was all about George Scales we were talking about there before uh, that one who came on uh, as a substitute so I mean you know it it was what it was that game it was it was a good tryout and and Mark seemed to be reasonably pleased with what happened Um, but we We've delayed it as long as we can, but we now have to talk about uh, Saturday's game. Um, <sighs> yeah, so social media uh, catches fire uh, over uh, over Sunday, Saturday night, and Sunday. Everybody's got an opinion. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, everyone's an expert, um, uh, even though probably not many of them are experts, and I count myself in that view as well. But lots has been said, as Mark knew it would be said. Um, it's difficult when you're a club to look at your rival, your local rivals, with uh, you know the feelings that. Are Harbored against Port, uh, against Peterborough, to lose is bad enough. To lose five nil is even worse, and to be destroyed in the space of eight minutes or six minutes or whatever it was in the first half after having really weathered the storm for the first twenty five minutes of the game. Yeah, we weren't the best team, but it didn't look like well, it certainly didn't look like it was going to be a five nil game uh, just before that first goal went in, and. You know, it, it's difficult for, for fans to deal with those things. But in the end, I think, you know, <laughs> you hate to say it, but you have to give credit to Peterborough because as poor as we were, Peterborough are a very good side. Yeah. I, think... I can see you grimacing there <laughs> that you've got to say this. But, but I mean, the, the reality is true. That, yeah, you know, they're fourth in the league or whatever yeah. it is for a reason. They're a good side. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bond's alluded to that as well. Yeah, he said yeah. that I think it's the best team that they've come up against this season. Um you know, you look at their team, very athletic. They think forward, they go forward, they move forward. So, um, you know, they hurt us in those key moments. And I, I wasn't actually at the game, watched the highlights back. Um, and you see that, like in any game, it's just the moments that change the game. And those moments were in their favour, obviously created by them and well taken by them. It wasn't any kind of just pure luck because I don't think you win 5 0 based on luck. No. <laughs> it was a convincing display, but yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. And and it's easy. It's easy when you're in that position to to pick holes in in everything. And and to be fair, 
if you take out those first 25 minutes, there really wasn't, you couldn't come away from it thinking, oh, well, but, but there was this or there was this. Mm. There genuinely wasn't. We were outplayed. I mean, it, it was weird, although obviously there, there was a, a, I mean, I think it was shell shock almost. It, it, the first goal happened and we got then, I mean, three goals in six minutes. That's that's a, that's an impressive achievement, even if we're playing rubbish, which at that time, it's not that... We, it, we were just missing things. that We just weren't picking up on the balls. The ball wasn't going through. And one the thing that impressed me was every time... Every time the that Peterborough attack broke down, they got back and then they moved the ball around at the back and they gave themselves time. Whereas we were kind of running around a bit like you know headless chickens. We didn't quite know what to do. And I thought, you know, then the second one goes in and it kind of gets even worse. And you yeah. just I, at that point, I thought, this, it's everything this, you fear. Yeah, you know, it's it, just it, the, the moments they start to run away from yeah. you and you become second because you're still living in the previous moment of, yeah. oh, if I'd done this, and then before you know it, the next thing happens and then you wish you had dealt with that. So yeah. that's, I think, that's the nature of, you know, derby, high-pressure football where you don't want to make a mistake and because you don't want to make a mistake, you try and tread, you know, carefully along the lines and you do make those mistakes or you miss certain bits and then those, you know, three, no, it's done, isn't it? <laughs> it's really... it, it, well, it, not only was it done, the, 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 the goal... After that three, after that six, seven minute spell, mm. was please can we keep this below double figures? Because at, at that point, you were kind of genuinely concerned that this could end yeah. up being a massive. I mean, five nil is bad enough, but it, that could have been it. Could have been a record breaking defeat, you know yeah. that one. But we we picked up a little bit. Um, I think in a way, P Peterborough were so kind of shocked at what had just happened over those time that they kind of went off the boil a little bit. Mm. My biggest concern was that you know we'd come out after the half time and um, we conceded an early goal which, yeah, which we did you. and then you just think oh yeah, no it really, now it really, really is going to they've got 45 minutes to score 6, 7, 8, 9 goals against us which which could at one stage have been a possibility and I think partly because they relaxed a bit and partly because we kind of just found our feet again and um, we didn't we didn't necessarily get any better I think we had a couple of chances but they were really few and far between but at least we weren't we had some idea of uh, you know finding our feet again um, and I think that stopped it a little bit but uh, you know it's just one of those things you, what what do you say about a game like well actually never mind what what, what do you say let's let's hear what Mark did say uh, about that game uh, this is what he, this is the post-match that we had Mark, you wanted your side to show the best version of themselves today. It's been completely the opposite, and I would imagine a day that will hurt for some time. It will. It wasn't the opposite in the first 30 minutes at all. It was a real good game. Um, I thought we started brilliantly with a good press and intensity, but you can't really talk so much about that when the game unravels in seven minutes and the game's done at half-time, really. Um, and they're too much for us, like too much for us, so that hurts us because you want to come here and make a bit of history and, and put on a performance. But we started really well. Um, we have good control of the game in, in periods, sometimes with the ball, sometimes without. Um, just before the seven-minute, eight-minute period, we, we have a we have a brilliant counter-attacking moment, give the ball away in the middle of the pitch, we get a throw-in, throw it up the line, give it to them, and that's where the, the lead-up to the goal is. So it'd be better in those moments because like they show the quality that you need in those situations to, to make something happen. Um, but you'd have never said at 30 minutes that the game was going to end up like that, but it, but it does because they take the game away from you. And... Um, 
they're where they are for a reason. Like it hurts me more than anyone to say it. They're miles ahead of us, and they're um, they're a really good side and the best we've played by miles. Yeah, I suppose that's the the frustration really. That opening 34 minutes, they look to be controlled, discipline, you know, resilience, and perhaps even the better side in that opening half an hour or so. But it falls apart in a six minutes spell. What was your emotion after those three goals went in? Was a, a sense of frustration, a bit of shock, anger? Yeah, and the rest. Um, I think, um, I wouldn't say we're the better side in that first bit. I just thought we played well. I thought it was a good game. I thought both teams were in control. Um, had periods of control and, and, and did little little bits well. We, we um, They changed their build-up pattern. We pressed really well in the early part. And they, I thought it was technically and intelligent, football intelligence, a really good game. Um, and we just didn't make enough of a couple of moments, but we had some good set-play situations, things like that. Um, first goal comes... Like we give the ball away if I throw him but they end up Poku comes in, in left side in on his left side which he does well um, turns one into the back post you know that's going to be there but we haven't got our, our organisation right so he scores an easy one at the back post um, and then we give them a corner from our own kickoff, and it's those bits that just make the game unravel in front of your eyes it's really flustered that you just like it's really poor play not looking after those details and the emotion of those moments um, second goal uh, speed beyond us hurts us. I'm not sure if he's offside at the back post for a tap-in. It's definitely close, but um, the third one's a horrible deflection and the fourth one comes off the back of us starting well and the fifth one sums the afternoon up, really. It just is what it is. So um, we'll take getting slaughtered because uh, that's what will happen and we just have to get on with it. You know, I'd imagine it made the half-time te- team talk a little bit difficult, a little bit challenging. What did you say to the players? Well, there's not much you can say. The game's gone, in it, really, if, you, if you're brutal. You've got to be really good in the start and you've got to score the next goal. Um, and we did start the game well. We, we, we're on top they break off of our corner and score and that's what they, they're, they're brilliant at it we leave ourselves man for man in, in defending that corner um, which is dangerous but you're chasing to try and get the next goal to get back in it and then at 4-0 it's very difficult for it to be a game that you're going to control they've got they've got complete control of the game and the result and everything else so it becomes harder and then like, if you try and evaluate the, the last 20-25 minutes it's pointless because it's just not a game like it would have been had, had we done the, the first bit well so the game the game turns completely in a 7 eight minutes spell in the first half that's where the game was won um, and had we had we made some of that uh, pressure in the first part of the, the second half and scored you never know you, you're trying to play with some pride and win the second half if you can but we, we weren't able to convert and um, that, that technical and athletic quality that they've got to create chances we, we, we didn't match and couldn't match and um, that's why they are where they are yeah I guess it makes it a bit of a non-event that last 20-25 minutes ago of the game and I guess it's a case of damage limitation all you can do is you know make sure the players keep their heads high you're allowed to make a couple of substitutions get a couple of players on to just try and change things a little bit but it was just one of those afternoons where nothing happened no no really we had a few moments in the end but like you say there's, not, there's, there's nothing worth evaluating in the last 15-20 minutes of the game so it's a dead game and they'd won it by that point Solly Kai Kai um, failed a fitness test fairly late on, we understand. What's the situation there, Mark? No, he, um, he got a call, emergency, he had to be out of here like, about two minutes before we handed the team shit in, so we had to rush off. So, um, yeah, we, we had to make a change. Sakes went on the bench, uh, went into the team, it left us light on the bench, so we hope everything's all right for him, but he, um, he had to get off. Yeah, a day to forget for everyone, of course, and two weeks now before the game at Northampton, is that a blessing in terms of it gives you two weeks to regroup, or is it one of those situations where you'd rather have a game on Tuesday? You'd probably rather have a game, for sure. Yeah, you, like we have to stew on it for two weeks, but that, that is what it is, isn't it? Um, it's our tenth game in 35 days. It looked like it a bit at times. Um, so we need to we need the break. The break will be good for us, I hope, um, and and we'll we'll use it as best we can, um, and then we'll come back ready for for the Northampton game and all the games thereafter. The games thin out a little bit. We do have um, cup game. We have a, a Tuesday with Lincoln, but. Um, 
yeah, we got we got we got some some work to do for sure. And t- t- certainly in terms of uh, the in possession stuff, and how we're going to create some chances. And then today we just got unravelled. Like the, if you evaluate the goals, it's just horrible, really. But the the, the pressure that they put on you, the way they use the ball, is 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 very good. Um, I think they're a stronger team than they were last year, and um, yeah, I think they're in a, a really good position. So fair play to them. Yeah, uh, I mean, we don't like admitting that uh, Peterborough are a good side, but that that's that's the be-all and end-all of it, really. Uh, yeah, we didn't do ourselves any favours by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and uh, I, this, this this is just me talking now, so I'm not going to involve Salim in this one at all. But I, I, I just... I have I have a query that I, I I've got a nagging doubt in my mind that I kind of just want to get out there because I, and people have said this it has appeared in social media and that is I, I Liam Bennett's a very young player he, you know he, everyone thinks he's an established first teamer but but he and, and he is but he's still a very young player he's still developing he had a really good time at Walsall um, and that that led him into being within the team I love the way he comes forward I love the way he can take the ball wide the the only difficulty I have is that I'm just I don't at the moment see him as the solid defender that we need um, and you know we've 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 kind of half joked about some of the passes back passes he's made that have nearly landed us in trouble and he's kind of got away with them we we I think everyone had a had a you know a look at the video of him at uh, the Wickham game where he nearly scored the, the most horrendous old goal ever um, and uh, I did hear the comment yesterday oh well uh, at least Liam Bennett scored an own goal now um, one of the, the I think it was the fourth goal came in off his head and I don't I don't want to knock it because I you know I genuinely think he is still a young player he's got a lot to learn but is he the is he the player that we want there playing at full back or is there a better position we see him go forward we see him stay out wide we see him put the ball across and and put some good passes in is he better not in that defensive position or us not relying on him quite so much in a defensive position um as I say, if there were other people in the studio, we'd have a bit of a discussion about that, but I'm definitely not going to put Salim on the spot on that one. Um, so uh, we'll leave it at that. But it, but I think it's an interesting question. Um, we are letting this Cambridge United section uh, run away from us uh, somewhat in that we have got other things to talk about. Um, obviously, no football. Uh, that's the first thing to talk about. Uh, next week's game, the Bolton game, has uh, been postponed a long time ago for international duty, uh, so nothing there. So I think Northampton is the uh, next game we actually play. Um, so I guess it's all down to Mark and the boys. We need to see a reaction at that, and we want to see the kind of performance that will convince people that, yeah, a poor result as it was, unhappy as it makes us uh, let's see the kind of recovery Let, let's beat a team you know with uh, a number of goals let's let's do to do to Northampton what Peterborough did to us and I think that's that's the only way that really could, that, uh, that that Mark and the team can answer it yeah I think um, unfortunately the mountain that's been built is a bit you know too high to climb I think even if you go and win 5-0 it's not the derby you know yeah, the history, the history. it's a second best win, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's a lose lose, really, I think. But obviously, for the lads, for the team confidence, for the morale, a win would be great. Um, a good performance would be great as well. And to just get them back on the right track because the problem with 
losing the derby in such manner, manner as the media build it up to be so much worse than what it actually is. We don't do that, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I think social media does that one for us. Yeah, social media. Um, like Mark said, at the end of the day, it's still the same amount of points, but emotionally, it just means Absolutely. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it is a good point, and I think I think you're right. It, it won't. It, it'll count for something because we've stopped the rot, but it'll never be seen as... It certainly won't be seen as a payback for that yeah. win. The only way we can do that is to do the same to Peterborough at the at the home game and exactly. uh, you know if they play like they did before then that we might struggle to do that one but <laughs> there you go uh, we've got uh, the FA Cup as well coming up so it's uh, Lincoln City after the Northampton game and I think the very next game after that is the uh, Fleetwood game at home in the FA Cup uh, Fleetwood just avoided uh, an embarrassment against uh, Kiddy so uh, hopefully uh, that, that uh, we, we can see them off and get into that third round, and and who knows what might happen then? We've seen we've seen the best and worst of us in the FA Cup. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, United Women across the city and South Cambridgeshire on FM, digital, and your mobile. Cambridge One Hundred and Five Radio. Hi, sure. Come on, if if we're serious about women's football then Sky Sports and BBC uh, well at least Sky Sports I'm just checking BBC now one you need to, oh two oh 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 we think I was just we were just looking I was trying to find out what was going on but uh, it was very difficult to find out what's going on but let's have a quick look at yeah you see the, the BBC the BBC and Sky are still showing it as kicking off at one o'clock which is a bit weird but Salim is now looking that up um, spoke to Darren or uh, uh, Billy spoke to Darren uh, in the week to talk about the Cheshire win uh, last week and uh, the FA Cup so let's hear what uh, Darren had to say uh, this week Darren, it was a really big win for you on Saturday uh, against Chesham. Just how impressed were you with the performance? Yeah, impressed Impressed eventually, if I'm honest. Um, the first half, I didn't think we was that great. It, you know, we started off really strongly, which we've done recently in quite a few games, and then uh, got a goal, and, and I thought from that moment, you know, we'd, we'd probably press on a bit. But if I'm honest, we sat back a little bit, and um, just the basics that we didn't get, get right, and, you know, things like not winning duels enough, um, allowing counter-attacks to happen too often, um, not pressing the ball well, being too far away. So, yeah, for, first half, not overly impressed. Uh, and, I, and I told the girls that at half-time and we spoke about the areas that we need to improve and how we was going to improve, importantly. I thought we started off the second half in a similar vein. Um, but as the game went on, we, we started to settle into our composed rhythm and play the way that we've been playing recently and stick to the plan that we had. Um, and then we started to pull away. So yeah, I was I was impressed with the way we stuck at it when it wasn't going well, impressed with the way we ended the game and the latter stages of the game, but certainly things that we need to improve on in that first half. Did uh, any individual performances stand out for you? Yeah, I mean, Ruth Fox in particular, scoring scoring three goals, scoring a hat-trick, um, was always in the right place at the right time. And not just her goals, but worked tirelessly through the game. So really impressed with Ruth. Zoe Wood had another good game. So again, you know, she was one of our standout players. And and Lauren Webb in goal, you know, she, she actually pulled off two or three really good saves in the first half that kept us in the game and kept overall. And especially when we're playing the better sides, we're going to need to play better. But um, can't be too displeased when you, you come away with action points that you want to improve on, but you win the game. And the win puts you in third, and now you're unbeaten in eight. Just uh, how happy are you with that? Delighted, to be honest. Yeah, anybody would be delighted with those stats, wouldn't they? But uh, I think when we look back at last year, we found it tough. You know, we only won um, 
three league games last season, ultimately. Um, and we, you know, we've sort of already started to hit some of our targets in terms of wins and clean sheets. So yeah, I'm really, really impressed with the return of the last eight games. And I think what I also like is the fact that the game before that was when we got beaten heavily by Wimbledon. So we showed resilience and ability to come back from those setbacks and then get on a run again. Um, and that's what a good side does, doesn't it? You know, because you can't win every game of football, but it's what you do and how you react to those games that don't go so well. So that's, that's been quite impressive. I've really liked how we've settled into our rhythm now, how we've settled into a way of playing. Um, and the results are really coming well, uh, coming good with that as well. So yeah, overall delighted. Um, it's now going to be about consistency and, and really kind of keeping that level. And so you said you're beginning to hit some of your targets. Are you optimistic now for the rest of the season? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think, you know, we always knew that where we was coming from and what we were trying to aim at was going to take time. It wasn't going to be something that would happen in one season. Um, so I feel like we're, you know, we're starting to get to those those areas now where the targets are being hit. I th I'm optimistic about the second half of the season for sure. But I think, you know, this is the message that we constantly say to the players. It's about remaining humble. Don't try and think that we cracked the code because football has a has a horrible habit of every time you think that you're on a good run and you think you've got it cracked, it comes along with something to throw you. So, yeah, for us, it's about just remaining humble, sticking to each game one at a time, as cliche as that is, dealing with each game as it comes and uh, seeing where we end up at the end of the season. And you've got the FA Cup against MK Dons coming up at the weekend. Just how important is that competition for you? And what are your thoughts ahead of that game? Yeah, massive competition for us. There's good money involved now. Um, the FA have, have put up more money in, in the last couple of seasons. So, you know, there's good prize money on offer, which is always important for clubs like us. Um, and ultimately, it's a chance to be away from the league action and, and kind of test ourselves in this case against a better opposition, you know, team that's a, a division above us and, and challenge ourselves against them. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. It'll be a great test. Um, you know, ultimately, the pressure is on them because they're the team that are expected to progress, being the, the league above us. Um, but we're, you know, we go into that game on a good run, as you said, and we go into that with some confidence without being arrogant about it. So, yeah, it's something we can really look forward to. Training's been good this week and uh, really, really looking forward to the opportunity to go out there and hopefully put on a show in, in front of some people. Yeah, and uh, by, by all accounts, that's exactly what's happening. So I can confirm United are 1-0 up currently. Uh, that was scored after 18 minutes and they'll be just coming to the end of the first half at the moment. So that's the latest update. Um, so good luck in the second half so I'm really annoyed they started early because they do it because not everybody's got floodlights but since Sinead has got floodlights I don't know why they couldn't have done it in the normal time then I could have at least got to see the second half but unfortunately no point in rushing down because I'll catch the last two minutes of the game if I do that after this but uh, there we go we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about City So, uh, yeah, City are oh, they've they've been on an okay run, um, but it's all it's all come to the end. Really. It's come to a bit of an end uh, this week. Shepshed Dynamo last Saturday, of course, we know about four-one uh, winners there in the home game, and then it was always going to be a difficult week for them. Two fairly extensive travels, one on a Tuesday evening, one on Saturday, both to pretty much the same part of the world: Warsaw, Midlands, uh, Birmingham area-ish, um, and uh, two defeats 
on the road, Sporting Calsa, who, if you look at the form table, Sporting Calsa, I think the only people below Cambridge in the current form table, um, they managed a 2-1 loss, although there was controversy on that over a penalty that shouldn't have been. Um, uh, and, you know, you make of it what you will. Bolmir St Michael's, uh, as I say, I was excited because someone uh, got the score the wrong way around and I thought we were 3-0 up and uh, we were going to win and uh, <laughs> I said I said great result for uh, uh, for uh, City on the uh, WhatsApp group and Salim's kind of going uh, but they lost 4-0 and I'm thinking oh right okay <laughs> always always check the official score and don't rely on uh, what you see on social media that's the answer to that one but uh, you spoke to Robbie uh, although we haven't got anything recorded you spoke to yep. Robbie during the week I mean obviously he's he, he's going to be disappointed with the way the Sporting Calcer game went, uh, but presumably it was upbeat about what they could do uh, yesterday at uh, Boldmere, and that's not worked out either. Yeah, so um, Tuesday night, Sporting Calcer, um he thought that the game was quite fair, to be honest. He did say that he thought um, his team could have upped the levels a little bit, but um, you know, with regards to the, the penalty not helping them, and obviously they've, they've lost the game, and um, like we've mentioned on the show before, it being a, a far travel as well to Birmingham and some people can't get time off work and struggle to get yeah. there. So the preparation is all skewed and whatnot. So um, that was always going to be a really difficult one for them. Um, and then back to that part of the world, as you mentioned, <laughs> um, yesterday and a 4 nil loss to Bournemouth St. Michael's, which was disappointing for them and he was disappointed. Um, he did say that the performance levels were nowhere nowhere near where they should have been but he said his, his team really did look shocked, uh, shot um, for whatever reason just lacked lacked a bit of life lacked yeah. a bit of energy and um uh, and I think it, it's reflected in the scoreline as and, well. And it's interesting because he called the Shep Shed Dynamo probably the best performance he's seen from his team in all the time he's been there. Yeah. Which uh, kind of kind of must have thinking, well, at least we may be yeah. travelling, but at That's least we should get some good some some results out of it. But yeah. uh, not to be. I mean, it leaves them fifteenth in the league. Uh, they haven't lost. They've been there, I think, now for uh, what one, two, three, four, five games. So although they're winning and losing, uh, it, it's not affecting their league position at the moment. Yeah, but but it, what what it will be doing is they've got light out. Uh, next Saturday um, and then they've got two more consecutive Saturdays where they've got travels uh, both to Leicester this time at Hinckley and Anstey Nomads yep. um, and again fortunately they're on Saturday which makes it a little bit easier but he'll want to be uh, correcting the uh, the slide the, the little bit of a slide uh, against the Lytown game at home and he'll be wanting to make sure that they can go into that uh, two weeks on the road uh, with a win underneath them yeah yeah so um I spoke to him and he did mention uh, I mentioned sorry about before the Walsall Wood game the form was actually okay I think they were unbeaten in yeah. three or four and then post that game they've just I think they've got one win in four now I think it's, um, I think it's even worse than that I think yeah. it's only one, week, uh, one win in six in fact let's have a quick look at the form guide so they are 17th out of 20 in the form guide they've got three points from the last six games yeah, there you go. Um, so, so uh, yeah, yeah really really struggling now but it's um yeah, it's it's hopefully they can rectify those those results and get yeah, some points in, yeah. in the future. They do have a few new faces now on the team. Um, George Scales been one of them, obviously. What a week for him! Yeah, for Cambridge and then going Spurs, to, then Bolby, yeah, and Michael. Exactly. Then that's how quickly it, it, it changes for you in the space of a week. Um, I remember what was it? I think I was on the bench against Bolton um, in the midweek, and then I was somewhere away. 
uh, for St Nits and we didn't even have a changing room so you just yeah. go from there you know. it's the way it goes um, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, it's good learning for him yeah. uh, also got another lad I think from Ipswich if I'm correct I can't remember what his name is but yeah um, so they have got a, new, a few new faces but he did mention that he's waiting on a few more senior players to come back yeah, and yeah. hopefully that will lead to some more stability in the results positive stability yeah I was going to say it's stable at the moment <laughs> <Stay>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just positive. the wrong way around so yeah uh, good luck to uh, Robbie and the team um, oh, I am going to have a word with him though we do need to make sure he comes on and talks about this uh, so uh, <laughs> cheers Robbie anyway uh, for at least having a chat with uh, Salim uh, the women unfortunately they've not played um, we did chat with them briefly but uh, I'm, I'm running out of time for Histon so I don't want to play it it was just a, a quick check in about how training was going uh, and injuries and training is going well and they're at least recovering from their injuries so they're looking forward to the game which I think is next week is Worthing I think it is uh, yeah, they've got next week so uh, um, it is what it is that's the way uh, this works because they exited the Cups early um, we'll we'll take a very quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, Histon From the Terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio Actually, it'll be quicker than that. I'm not going to play that sound again. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So uh, I went, I chose to go to uh, a, a much better game um, on uh, Tuesday, watching uh, Histon play Ely City, um, which was um, which was actually a good game. It was, wasn't a great first half, but in the end, they came out easy winners. Spoke to Chris Nunn. Uh, this is what he had to say following that game. Chris, in the end, uh, a, a quite an easy victory for you. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I didn't think we started very well at all. I thought we were very slow with our passing, especially from the back. There was no meaning to our passing. You know, I said, there's no point dropping off and getting it from the keeper if you don't know what you're going to do with it when you get it. And I thought, second half, we, we addressed a few things at half-time and Roachie's pulled off a really good save at 1-0. And then I felt the longer the half went on, I thought we were getting stronger. I thought the changes we made were really positive as well. And we, we, we sort of started playing 15, 20 yards higher up. And I felt when we got the equaliser, I sort of felt we were the only team in it from there. I thought I sort of, we sort of got hold of the game. And in the end, yeah, form was quite comfortable. But it wasn't up until probably we got the second goal. Well, well, probably the first. I felt when we got the first goal, I felt there was almost sort of an air of inevitability that we were going to get a second and a third. So, yeah, and no, I delighted. Yeah, I think you're right. The first half was, was actually a very even half. Both sides had chances. Good save from Roach at one, at one end, a good save from the keeper at the other end. It, it, one of the interesting things I've seen, I mean, it, you've not been here that long, but it, but there is a difference in the way the side look on the pitch. They look more confident. They talk to each other a lot more. And it was one of those things that when that first goal went in, in previous weeks, it would have been heads down and that might have been the end of the game at that point, but definitely not this time out. No, I mean, I mean look... Um... You know, I mean, I mean, first of all, I mean, look, I love Lance, who was manager here before me, and and uh, he was my goalkeeping coach, and, and I've got a lot of time for him, and he's done a brilliant job here, you know, for a long time. So, you know, but but football moves on, doesn't it? You know, things change in football, and um, you know, I've inherited, I believe, a group of lads who, if I'm being honest, I shouldn't be where they are in the league, you know, and, and I think they've probably been cheats, cheating a little bit, if I'm being honest. But you know, it's still up to us, and and. With, with Matty, Jordy and, and Mickey and Craig and Kyle to try and get a team out there to try and climb up the league. And Histon is a great club. You know, when, when I got offered the job, it was it, 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 it felt like it was it was the right, right time to come here. I want to try and build something. You know, I want to try and build it on, I believe off the pitch, it's real good solid foundations now. And I want us to try and build a team that if we go 1-0 down or 2-0 down, we're still going to keep fighting. 
And, you know, today you, you've got to earn the right to play and we didn't earn the right to play until probably the last 20 minutes. And once we got hold of the game, yeah, the, the boys at half-time, we did have to get into them a little bit because it was a bit lacklustre. But, no, uh, you know, uh, through the years at Biggleswade, you know, it was always we were a team that was always known for a hard fighting and against some bigger clubs. I think now in the league we're in, we're probably one of the bigger clubs, if we're being honest. So we've got to deal with the, the fact when people come to us and they want to beat us because they look at the facility for step five stadium, it's not better. But, you know, it's, it's baby steps. It's, it's, it's one step at a time. And, and today it, it was it was good to win. It's a cup competition we don't want to do well in and, and we await the draw. Three games undefeated is not a bad start to your reign here. No, 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 delighted. I mean, look, the, the draw at March, I think we sort of look back at that and think maybe that was two points dropped. You know, two, not where a player sent off, we missed a penalty. But, you know, we, we want to be hard to beat. You know, and the thing, do you know what it is as well? We want to try and play good football. We want to play attractive football. The second goal we got tonight, I thought, was breathtaking. I thought the football we played, I thought we got better and stronger the game went on and that's all we can do you know if if we lose to a team that are better than us and you say hands up felt you know well done fair play but I certainly don't want to be losing games where we're outworked and today I, f I felt we matched Ely for their work rate and I thought we just had a bit more quality second half so that's that's really interesting if we talk about if you compare that to the Peterborough game it, you have to hold your hands up if you're beaten by a better team then fair enough you just don't want to be seen like you're leaving anything on the pitch or, or lacking in effort and I think that's where we went wrong against Peterborough we won't bring that up again <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're quickly we, we are desperately running out of time I'm going to go straight into uh, the second game so they played uh, got back to league action against uh, Rugby Borough on Saturday and a massive win there so Chris we spoke after the uh, Ely City win first half perhaps a little bit under par but second half energetic direct and ruthless and you get into the next round against uh, March Town who uh, uh, you've got uh, a score to settle having been ahead and then drew in I think that was your second game at the club so that's certainly going to be an interesting fixture. Yeah, you know, any cup quarterfinal at any level in any competition is something you always want to look forward to and win. So, you know, March, we're a good side. You know, they're, they're obviously up there challenging, trying to get promoted. And they're where we want to be. And um, some of the players have got a good players. So it, it should be a good tie. You know, but I do know one thing, you know, we'll give everything we can to try and win it. That's for sure. Absolutely. And on to today, another fantastic result. Home to uh, Rugby Borough, a few places above you in the league and a 6-0 win. Uh, that, that's some result. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't lie to you. I mean, I'm absolutely uh, delighted. The, the boys were fantastic. We, we got an early goal and, you know, they, they keep possession of the ball really well. And there were times when sometimes it's almost, it's almost like your ego. You've got to let them have the ball sometimes in certain areas, you know, and, and sort of just say, OK, fine, you can have it there. But when they get into our final third, we've got to make sure that we, we, we try and uh, get the ball back, which sounds quite simple, doesn't it? Uh, but putting into practice is sometimes a bit more difficult. But no, the, the lads were superb today. You know, we, some of the goals we got were really good and probably we won 6 nil and probably had a lot less possession than they did. You know, certainly in the first half. In the second half, I thought I thought we, we were a bit better. But uh, listen, any game you win 6 nil, you, you've got to be pleased. And, and the lads deserved it. You know, they, they, they worked really hard since I've come in and yeah, a joy to manage. And that's four undefeated across uh, all competitions with three straight wins. And perhaps <coughs> best of all, it's a hat full of goals, 11 goals for and only one against, which is a, a, a really good sign of improvement in terms of uh, conceded goals. I mean, look, you know, as a manager, 
one nil wins are lovely. You know, and we had that against Leicester. But at the same time, you know, you, you want to be scoring goals. You want to be playing free flowing football. And I've said all along in terms as a defensive unit. You know, if you don't concede, then you don't need to score as many. You know, which is which is something you look for. But I just I just felt like the the boys are just really buying into what we're we're trying to tell them. And uh, you know, Matt, Jordy, Mickey, and Carl and I, and uh, you know, we're working really hard to try and get the best out of what we've got. And like I said, without repeat myself, they're cracking lads. Um, and, and when you concede one goal in, is it four games, three mm-hmm. games? You know, it, it's obviously a step in the right direction. You know, defensively, you know, we've worked really hard of, of how to play without the ball. Um, it's a little bit different when you've got to try and work with the ball, you know. But, you know, the, the boy's been fantastic. And, and yeah, defensively, we, we want to be hard to, to break down. We want to be hard to beat. And, and I'm sure the goals will, con- hopefully, I'm sure, <laughs> I say, I'm sure, hopefully the goals will continue to go in. And the nice thing is that they're coming. It's not. It's not one person or, or two people. There's three, four people yeah. there who are uh, finding the back of the net on a on a regular basis, which must be really encouraging. Yeah, I, I love that because it's all about the positions they play in and where you want them to be. I mean, I, I don't pinpoint any individual footballers, i.e., like a Harry Kane, you know, who scores loads of goals and and that. But but we would we would try and spread our goals amongst everybody because it shows then that it is a team game and the boys are buying into what we're doing. And and like I said, if if you win a game three 0 and you've got three different scores, great. If you win the game six 0 I think we have five different scores today. Then, then fantastic, you know. And for me, long may it continue. And a good crowd as well down there. I think uh, uh, rugby may have brought some people. It's not too far for them. But of course, as the success starts to come back, so do the fans. And he did go on to say, yes, of course, that's that's true. Uh, everyone likes to watch good football. Uh, unfortunately, we are going to have to cut him short there. Um, but uh, thanks very much to Chris for doing that. That's uh, pretty much all we've got time for uh, this week. As I say, it's going to be a bit of a, a different show next week. I'm hoping to uh, arrange a chat with uh, Cambridge United CEO uh, during the week just to get an update on where we're at with uh, stadium, where we're at with training ground, where we're at generally financially, uh, where we're at. Oh, well, this is going to cause this is going to be interesting. Where we're at with that, uh, the badge and the update on the badge. Uh, so hopefully some uh, some good talk points on that. Uh, Histon are in action. I say a racing club Warwick. No midweek game, but they're around uh, for the end of the week. And uh, City are in action action against Lie Town uh, they'll want to arrest that slump uh, and hopefully uh, United will carry on, uh, it must be uh, just coming up to the second half uh, now, um, I'm not sure whether we've got so there's no been no update on there but uh, hopefully they'll get a good result out of that one thanks very much to Celine for joining me in the studio, to Billy and to Amika for uh, helping out, uh, we'll talk to you again next week, thank you very much Cambridge 105 Water are asking us all to can for the cam. Ditch the hose and switch to a watering can. And while we're doing our bit, Cambridge Water will be doing theirs, finding and fixing leaks. In need of legal advice you can trust, Woodfine Solicitors offers a range of expert and award-winning legal services, whatever your problem. Perhaps you've been a victim of crime, or maybe you or a loved one have been involved in the criminal justice system. Woodfines can help ensure that you get the right representation. Our defence team are available 24-7, and we're upfront and transparent about our costs. Find out more at woodfines.co.uk and arrange a no-obligation chat. Woodfines. Cutting through the red tape. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. 
Last year we gathered on a King's Parade for first time. It was not a lot of us, but now it's more than 1,000 Ukrainians arrived to Cambridge. It stops those carbon emissions, which none of us want, for very little visual impact. It's such a good opportunity for anybody, whether you want to get into broadcasting full-time or not. And it's always nice when you see community radio being supported. 